What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, September 24th, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 373. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope everybody is doing well. Um, I know I am. I got, uh, I'm going to get right into it, guys. I got an amazing news today. I was finally able, I should say, I had the news. But I'm finally uh, able to uh, report to you, and uh, it's kind of out there all over the place now on social media, and um, it's pretty nuts actually to you know have all these amazing responses and people reaching out to me. But my special uh, Paul Verzi, I'll say this, will premiere November second on Comedy Central. Uh, it is out there. The deal with Comedy Central and all things comedy. Who did my special? Uh, the reports. An announcement came out today on. Um, on Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Vulture, all the big platforms out there, and uh, truly amazing and humbling for me uh, and my family, so um, we shot the thing, we're going to probably have to clean it up and do some editing, but it will be out there on Comedy Central November 2nd, so uh, all you loyal listeners, all you loyal fans, you know, I was going to do, I was going to announce it on Patreon, but it all came out today, and everybody already started to hear about it, so, um, you know, I'll do something else on the Patreon for you guys, but uh, this is more for everybody. Uh, all you guys have, um, you know, all you guys have just been there for me and supported me and my show. And, um, you know, somebody said something today. They're like, man, you're a dude that really wears it on your sleeve. And it really is all I, it's just the way that I am. It's the way that I was from a little kid till now. Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll get, you know, get too much with like, not emotions, but just how I'm feeling. But um, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of hard work and it's been a lot of traveling and it's been a lot. So to finally have something come out that the world could see and um, know my comedy and, and, and uh, you know, just continue to work is amazing. So I want to thank you all, especially the Verzi Effect listeners, because you guys are the ones that bought the album and made the album do so well. And you guys are the ones that continue to listen to my podcast and continue to support me, which ultimately supports my family and everything. So uh, without you guys, uh, there's not really me. And, uh, you know, if I had like 30 listeners... And they were just like, fuck this, you know, like, this. <laughs> but you guys tell people and it, it, you know, it keeps growing and I hope the podcast continues to grow. So thank you very much. Um, November 2nd, Comedy Central, Paul Verzi, I'll say this, will air and premiere to the world. There, finally, it's taken forever. Thank you for your patience. Uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Um... Uh, you know what, I'm going to, yeah, what I'll do is I'll, I'll go right to the, um, I'll go right to the sponsors now and, uh, find out, did any of you guys sign up for Capper Network, guys? What the fuck are you waiting on? It's the most fun. I'll tell you my, my percentages, I think went up. I think they did. I did pretty well. I know I won in my fantasy football league, but uh, the, I mean, dude, how bad is that? Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. And I got to tell you something. I met the owner and president of the San Francisco 49ers and those guys couldn't be fucking cooler or nicer or better people. And, um, I was really looking forward to that team being really good this year and start to improve. Even though I'm a Giants fan, of course, um, I, I, I really like the Niners and I like the, the, the upper off like the, 
the people there, and uh, it sucks. And uh, Jimmy G was in my fantasy, and he got hurt, so that sucks. But um, let's see how I did. Let's see my, uh, my my predictions history, and we'll see what's going on here. Okay, so I won with the Seahawks. I won with the Rams. I won with the Bears. I won with the Raiders. I lost with... So what's the record? Um... Oh, so I was 2-2 two and two this week. I didn't do... And then tonight, who do I have? Tonight I have the Steelers plus 1. So we'll see what happens with that. But I was 2-2 two and two this week, 50%, and if I get the Steelers. Um, for you people that don't know, let me get into the sponsor. Capper Network is a prediction site, guys. You could go to NFL, MLB, NBA, whatever's going on, you could go and you make your predictions and you get up on their leaderboard. And then you could get money by people buying your advice, or you can go and make bets on the people that are on top of the board. It's amazing. You could draft handicappers a team. You could draft a capping team, um, and you could make money that way. You can. Uh, this is for anybody, any level. If you're just getting into sports or fantasy sports and you want to see like who's winning and who's doing good and what's going on, you could see that. It has all the lines. It tells you everything. It'll tell you your prediction date and if you were right or wrong. So if you have those dude I called it moments but you don't have anything to back it up, Capper Network allows you to do that. It is 100% free to join. I cannot stress enough. I did have people reach out and say they did it and they loved it. If you haven't, what are you waiting on? It is 100% free. I'm literally looking at my history right now from like from last week till now and I see all the wins and I see all the losses and uh, like I said I'm hovering around the 50% uh, 50% mark maybe a little under but uh, who would have thought the fucking Patriots would make me lose money yesterday that's a whole other thing anyway check out cappernetwork.com it's an amazing, amazing thing for anybody at any level of sports and uh, for bragging rights, to make some money, to go and gamble and learn on like, okay, this guy is 18 and 10. Okay, so the leader right now is 18, 10 and 1. Okay, so that guy's winning a lot. All right, so what you would do is you would see who he's picking and you would bet on his picks and see and try to ride that out. You can make money that way. Please check it out. They're amazing people. They're always adding to the site. Uh, cappernetwork.com. Check it out. More people are going to it, and it is, it's the most fun I've had. And it's more fun. It's fun even if you don't gamble because you're like, oh, I want to see if I'm right. I picked these, and you could see your percentage. So you have like a whole other thing instead of losing your fucking money to the house, which happens a lot. Um also, all things comedy, guys, what can I say? It was reported today on Hollywood Reporter and all this stuff um, that they're doing. And, and I, you know, I would read you guys the quote, but um, I have nothing but amazing things to say. They did my album. Now they're doing my special, and they tied me into a deal with Comedy Central, and I could not be happier. And to have those people, the epic people, you know, um, Bill Burr and Al Madrigal and all those people. And also, I had a shout-out and thank Pete Davidson uh, you guys, Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson, he's been on the show before. He was the first one to approach me about my special. He came to me and was like, dude, I'll direct it and, and be an EP on it and all that stuff. So thanks to everybody, but All Things Comedy, please check them out at allthingscomedy.com. Follow them at All Things Comedy. And if you want to read the report, you can go to The Hollywood Reporter. You can go to Variety. You can go to Vulture. You could go to uh, Interabang, and you could see the, the announcement and everything. It's, it's really amazing, and I'm really super excited about it. Um... I went to my little sister's wedding. We had another wedding, and I got to tell you something right now, okay? I'm at my little sister's wedding. Um, 
They did something that I rarely have done before, and it was so freaking awesome what they did. They basically broke it down to three parties. All right. So Thursday night was the rehearsal dinner at this amazing Italian restaurant called Stefano's up in Wappinger Falls, New York. Excuse me. I have to sip my coffee before it gets. Is anything more gross than like being excited to sip a cup of coffee? Because you're feeling good and you just want the caffeine and then you taste it and it's like lukewarm to cold. Cold coffee, and I'm not talking about iced coffee. Cold coffee might be one of the most disgusting things that could touch your lips. Well, wait a minute. I I think I can think of some more, but, you know, this is kind of a, uh, (laughs) uh, even though I curse, it's a family-friendly show here. Um, But we went to the... um, rehearsal dinner and it was amazing drinking wine seeing everybody eating food the food was amazing to be there with my kids too my kids were in the wedding my daughter was a flower girl my son was a ring bearer um my wife was the uh maid of honor you know she was she actually helped you know organize stuff with my sister and my sister and her are so close my sister looks up to my wife like an older sister and she happens to be the um you know, the maid of honor. So, you know, it was it was a great party Thursday night. Then they decided to get married on Friday. And the genius of this, I didn't realize it until Saturday morning. The wedding is amazing. It's outside and it was at Locust Grove Manor or Estate where they have a lot of functions. And I guess the guy who invented Morse code, like the first way that people communicated or whatever, Morse code... The guy, like it was his estate, he lived there, whatever. And uh, there was all these amazing gardens in the back. So they got married out in this field in front of this tree. And um, it was really, it was, it was, it was funny because you guys know I told you the last, um, the last wedding I went to, I was sitting in the front and, you know, um, no, was it the, not the last wedding I went to, but one of the weddings I went to, I was sitting in the front and the guy looked like he was going to puke or want to fight his want to fight his bride. He was just focused in on her like it was a boxing match and I'm crying laughing or whatever. So, I'm now this is another one where I'm in the front, of course, cuz it's my sister. And the groom was cool. You could tell everybody was a little nervous. But as the the vows and the and the pastor or you know, I don't know, the priest, whatever you want to call it, did, was doing such a great job. He was killing it. But as he's killing it, there's a baby that just keeps getting louder, keeps making noises and stuff. And I just, when things like that happen, and I think it's a funny thing that like when you're at church or all these different things, you think of funny things. And me being a comedian and my mind just being nuts and fucking twisted a little bit, I start thinking of funny shit, wild shit that, that could happen. And this baby's just going like, yeah, and he's going. And when two people come together, they need to, and I just pictured, I just, I just pictured him going like, hey, hey, shut that baby the fuck up. I'm trying to do my job. And then just go back and be like, see, it's the love between two. So now I'm, now I start laughing and I'm next to my younger brother, the one I told you guys a story about last week. And he doesn't try calming me down like my wife would or hitting me like my wife would. He starts hysterical laughing too. Now I'm like, dude, I can't do this to my sister. So I literally pictured this priest stopping just profusely cursing, telling a baby to, telling, you know, get that baby the fuck, just, and I'm just trying to keep it together. Uh, Anyway, 
it was it was an amazing ceremony. My sister started to say her vows because they wrote their own vows, and my sister started to get a little emotional, and then everybody started to get a little emotional, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, you know, um, it's one thing to go to a wedding where you just don't really care about the people, you know, I feel like, ah, I'll get divorced or whatever happened, you know, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you don't really give a shit, you know, you throw on a monkey suit, you hope that there's some shrimp, and you, you don't care, but when it's, a, when it's not only like immediate family, but your sibling, like this is my little sister, you know, and she's like nine, ten years younger than me. Um, I love my sister, of course, and, and she's, you know, she's got a great sense of humor. She kind of understands me. She's just really cool and, and um, you know, I really like her. I really like her, her husband, even though he gave me an edible that made me high for nine hours and I didn't know if I was going to be in a sane asylum or make it. I was so high and out of it. I asked my wife if I died. Um, but that's a story for another day. Um, he actually apologized to me at his wedding. He goes, yeah, you know, I felt bad about that. But it's it's, it's my fault. Like I, I ate macadamia chocolate like it was regular chocolate. It was delicious. But anyway, I like the guy. Um... And uh, it was a really, like, amazing wedding. And then you go to the cocktail hour, which wasn't an hour. Their cocktail hour was, like, over an hour and a half, which was awesome. And they're, not only did they have some food out there, they had the, the meats, the Italian meats, and then the cheeses, and then trays of this, and all kinds of stuff you could, you could grab like that. They did also have somebody coming out with hors d'oeuvres, so they had, like, these tuna tartare little tacos. They had little balls of crab crab cake with a little sauce on them so like you were getting a nice little you know something in your stomach as you know you're drinking like you know some of these people drinking like animals which is great um and then the you know the wedding of course and um you know but anyway going back to why it was good on a friday was after this amazing wedding which i gotta get to and i gotta get to the speeches okay i gotta get to the speeches because i witnessed a speech that was, I'll get into that in a second. But, um, you know, the next day we wake up at the hotel, you know, a little hungover, not super banged up. And I'm going, wait a minute, what's going on today? And they're like, oh, you know, your parents are having a big brunch from 9 a.m. through the rest of the day. And I thought it was going to be like two hours. People were going to grab a croissant or a bagel, say thanks for having us and leave. This shit turned out to become a house party with multiple bottles of vodka and Bloody Marys flowing and multiple bottles of champagne and and meats and, and, and cheeses and, and, and salads and, and all kinds of stuff. It was nuts. And I end up at my mother's house with my siblings hammered. I'm drinking Bloody Marys all day. I'm throwing a football around the yard. I'm like, this turned into a house party, uh, which was amazing. And I was like, oh my God, tomorrow's Sunday. I don't, nobody's got to do anything. And listen, not that it matters to me. My wife would, my wife would roll her eyes right now if she heard that because every day to me is pretty much like, uh, you know, but, you know, speaking of that, I've been with back-to-back weekends of weddings and, uh, you know, light workload, my last couple of weeks, I haven't been on stage too much, a little bit here and there, but now starting tomorrow, it's going to get heavy. I'm going to be doing a lot of shows, getting back into the swing of things here, but it was just nice for the break. It was nice to um, hang with my family, hang with my wife and kids, go to a couple of weddings and stuff, but this was amazing to have Saturday just free 
and go to a brunch at my parents' house and then Sunday, get home Saturday night and then you're like, oh, we could just lay down, go to bed and do nothing but watch football on Sunday. So if you can get the guests to go to a Friday night wedding and then do something on Saturday, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a good, it's a, it's a really good, good thing. My wedding was on Saturday and it was great, but I'm telling you, man, if you can do the Thursday rehearsal dinner, Friday wedding, and then Saturday something, and then have the rest of the weekend, fucking awesome. Anyway, I'm going to get back to this wedding. I got to get back to the speeches. So there's four people that got to give speeches. It's my, it's, it's the, the fathers, both fathers. So father of the bride, father of the groom, uh, maid of honor and the best man. Those are like the four. And then they ask anybody else, I think, before the wedding or whatever. So, um, oh my God. So my stepfather goes first for my sister. And uh, at first he said, no, he wasn't gonna. And I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what he was going to say or whatever. It was just one of those things. I was like, oh, whatever. Now he's a deep guy, you know, so I'm like, all right. We'll see how this goes. Not not that it would ever be bad, but you know, sometimes when when like I heard of uh, I heard of uh, a wedding where the bride didn't want the father to speak, and the father ended up speaking, and it went on for like twenty plus minutes, and the bride was like crying and just wanted over crying in a bad way. Like things could get weird, things can be said, things can make somebody uncomfortable, and it's on everybody's mind. Now I didn't think my stepfather would do that, but you just you want to hear the speech and see anyway. This guy goes up there, and when I tell you people, and I mean this, this was the greatest wedding speech I have ever seen. It was, he goes up there and he starts talking, and he's, you know, he's, he's a little choked up in his voice and stuff, and, you know, it was just, he just, he was funny, he made people laugh, he, he talked about, you know, helping, helping uh, her boyfriend at the time do something, and he goes, you know, and it's awkward, because, you know, they're dating your daughter, and he didn't even mean to get a laugh, and he ends up getting a big laugh, and then he, you know, he, then he goes here, and then he's, then he gets sentimental, and then people start to, like, really cry emotionally, and I look over at my brother, I lean over to my brother, and I just go, you know me, I, I, I just leaned over, and I go, he is fucking crushing this right now. And I look around my table and I see my mother-in-law wiping her eyes. I see my wife is crying. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, you know, my throat's getting all, I'm getting choked up. I mean, he's crushing it. He's saying these amazing things, how he loved her as a little girl and, and loved her the same way. And he's, I mean, guys, I'm not even kidding. It was funny, emotional, great, heartfelt, and then I'm like, all right, dude, if you wrap this up now, you killed it, right? Because you know when, so, when it gets to the time. And here's the other thing. Some people can get too deep. Some people can get preachy. Some people can go overly religious and talk, you know, and say things that other people might not have believed. Some people could get political, God forbid. All of these different things. He did none of that. He talked from his heart about his daughter, about the boyfriend, about how he felt, about how he felt about her as a little girl as opposed to now. And then I swear to you, at the end, he goes, and I'm going to close with this or however he said it. He goes, um, he goes, in the words of, of the, you know, I don't know, country recording artist, whatever, Rascal Flats. And I was just like, is he, I mean, it was such a great speech. I'm like, all right, man, he's going for a big dismount here. You know, it's like when a gymnast, a gymnast just crushed 
all of the all of the events or all of the, the the program they crush but now it's time for like a triple flip stick it and if you do you're going to get the gold and he starts singing and he used to be a singer so he could sing he's got a great voice he starts singing this rascal flats voice and i'm going all right man i don't know if he's going to sing the whole song if he's going to and he just keeps it to this quick verse and it's just about wishing you the best or whatever and dude he ended and then he said raise a glass and got a standing ovation it was fucking fire from top to bottom amazing speech i was just like i was blown away i had to leave my table run up to him put my arm around him and go that was you don't even understand um and then you know and then other speeches had to follow my wife actually uh went last and she was amazing she just spoke from the heart she talked about how she never had a sister and and you know she even said she's like i know that's a cliche thing but i never had a sister and she was even funny she did two jokes in her speech got laughs on both and it was really good and then you know the other speeches um you know just just you know good you know typical wedding speeches so you know i don't want to not saying anything about anybody that did anything bad or everybody you know did their job or whatever um, but it was just, um, really like you could see, like you could see how like a speech could really screw up. Like it made me realize like there's, there's three ways you could go with a speech. You either nail it and it's amazing and it's what everybody wanted to hear, or it's just shitty and bad and not good, or it's just, you just go preachy and you go religious and you go political and you try to make a point which is incredibly selfish and then everybody's just either talking about that like and none of that it was it was really good it made me think about what i would do you know do you just wing it do you just go up and speak from your heart and just or do you have something written do you have a certain, you know a couple things i would say from all of the weddings here's my advice if anybody's about to do it okay here's what i would say you don't have to have some crazy long thing written out, but what I would do is have a couple of bullet points, okay? Now, one of the funniest things that I have ever experienced in my life at a wedding happened during the um, rehearsal dinner Thursday night at my sister's wedding. This guy comes in. He is the groom's brother-in-law. He's very close with the groom, this Dominican guy from Brooklyn. Hilarious guy. And he comes in and he's just acting kind of weird. And uh, I remembered him from their engagement party. And, uh, you know, so he comes in with his wife, which is the groom's sister and their their little son. And I remember just he's like puts his hand on his stomach when he goes to the rehearsal dinner. And he goes, yo, man, I'm nervous, man, I'm nervous. So I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a guy that's, you know, in the wedding. And he's just he's never been a part of something like this. And, you know, I'm just looking over at him. And like later I just see him and he's like, yeah, man, I'm just I'm nervous. This is crazy. And I'm just like, I'm going to go make him feel good, you know, try to make him feel better. So I look over and I'm like, oh, you're the best man. And, uh, you know, I'm about to tell him if he's the best man, I'm about to tell him, look, dude, just have a couple of bullet points, you know, and like I said, that's what I would do, if I was giving a speech, I'd have a couple of bullet points, or a couple of things, like good stories that I know, you know, and then just speak from the heart, and try to tie it together, and give a toast, and get out of there, so I'm about to tell this guy, yo, man, just don't worry, just speak from your heart, and have a couple of bullet points, and he goes, no, no, I'm not the best man, I'm not even in a wedding, yo, I'm just nervous, and I start hysterical. This guy had zero responsibility at this wedding. This guy had to literally throw on something to wear, eat the food, drink the drinks, maybe dance, 
do whatever, and just do nothing, and then go home. And he was acting like he was, and I just started laughing. I go, what are you nervous? He goes, I don't know, man. None of my friends ever did this. Yo, this is crazy. It was one of the funniest things. He walked into this rehearsal dinner as if not only did he have to do a speech, that he was the wedding planner. I mean, you thought he had to plan a funeral for a loved one. I never seen anything like It was one of the funniest things. Imagine going to a party. That you had zero responsibility for. You had no, you didn't have to you didn't have to open the door for anybody. You literally had to show up, sit down, and eat and drink, and 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 you were sick to your stomach, nervous. It was one of the funniest things that I've ever. He goes, "Yo, how many weddings you been to, bro? Yo, this shit is crazy. I only had a couple. I was. It was so funny to me to see somebody nervous because a friend is doing something that like he couldn't imagine like other friends doing or whatever. Um, really, really funny." But I, I will say, man, it was uh, so cool to see my little sister get married. I'm super proud of her. She looked gorgeous. She looked gorgeous. And um, it was just to see her all grown up. And she's just such a, you know, she's a strong, strong girl. You know, she had jobs and regular jobs, nine to five. But she's such an amazing, an amazing photographer, you know, and... Uh, she just, she found a studio and everybody wants to work with her and she takes pictures of people's kids. She does the baby pictures and she got so big and word of mouth and, and, and making money and doing really great. And she had an opportunity to have her own studio. And she told me, she's like, Paul, I'm nervous. I don't know if it's going to work and if I could make the rent. And I go, you're good enough and you know you could do it. And now she's been there for years and she's just doing it. And she could actually quit her regular job and do it. That's how good she is, which is ultimately going to happen. But um, just so cool. And I think I said the, the, the story before about my sister. Uh, and if you guys didn't hear it, I'll tell you again. And then don't worry. And then there'll be no more wedding talk. But I'm very proud of my sister. And uh, it was an amazing thing, uh, the wedding. But one time I said to her, because everybody's like, why is she so good? Like, my sister's such a good photographer that if you were just out at a ball game or out at a park, and you're like, hey, can you take a picture of me and my kid on the swing? She would look at the iPhone, and you wouldn't know what she's doing. And then when she took it, you would look at other pictures people took on your iPhone, and you would be like, why is this so much better? It's actually bizarre. I'm not even kidding around, and I'm not even trying to overstress how good she is. I'm not trying to get her work or anything like that. Oh, uh, you could check her out, though. Uh, it is Caris. Carissa is on my, uh, you know, and then she did a space. So it's K-A-R space I-S-S-A, I think. But anyway, so my sister Carissa will take a picture of just a normal, everyday, average thing and just crush it, okay? Crush it. So I said to her one time, I'm like, what What are you seeing that other people aren't seeing? Like, why are your pictures better? What are you seeing that they're not? And she just looked at me and she goes, Everything. And I thought that that was the dopest answer I've, that I've ever heard anybody say about their art ever. Um, so I will leave it at that. But uh, that was the wedding. I'm very happy for my sister Carissa and Aramis. Uh, it's Carissa Dudzinski Photography. So her last name is D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, Dudzinski Photography. And if you have kids or if you have, um, you know, you want pictures taken, I promise you they'll be the best pictures you ever had. I promise you. I put my, I put anything on that. Um, but it was an amazing wedding and uh, I wish the best for her and her husband, Aramis. It was a great time and uh, there you go. So... Uh, since I just finished the wedding thing, I got a couple unacceptables from you guys. Um, 
I don't have an unacceptable this week because it. Uh, I'll give an acceptable. And an acceptable was all of the love and everything from my family to my sister and at that wedding and how just great it was. And having my kids there was just nuts. Watching my kids be at a wedding. The funniest thing about my wedding, about the wedding, my sister's wedding, is uh, my son was like sitting next to me and hanging out with me and stuff a lot. So was my daughter, but my daughter was running around hanging out with her mom a lot and stuff and people dancing with her and me and my son were walking around and like he's dancing to music and stuff and I said to him I go Lucas what do you think about your first wedding and he goes this is lit he goes weddings are lit and he he loved it um so acceptable it's just an acceptable weekend Uh, I'm not going to go negative with that uh, I'll do a couple of your guys unacceptables then um move into uh to sports I didn't see a movie I want to uh, but let's let's go on. Uh, let's go listen to you guys, the fans. And this is a wedding unacceptable from Nick. So it's a good way to uh, go right into it. Nick says, Paul, sorry this is a little bit long. No, this doesn't look long. This is fine. Your recent wedding talk reminded me of an unacceptable that I witnessed at a wedding I attended a few years ago. This was at the wedding of one of my best friends whose parents are deeply religious. Oh boy, you heard me bring it up and I did not know this was coming and I still don't know what's coming. So they had a full hour-long church service to accompany the event. I am not a very religious person and I don't enjoy church services, but I didn't mind on this day because I knew it was one of uh, the best days in my good friend's life. Now the wedding was on a very hot day, but the service was inside so it wasn't too... um, horrifically unbearable in the church but about 20 minutes into uh the shindig i heard two women behind me complaining about how hot and long the event was their complaining prompted me to sneak a peek at them over my shoulder and what i saw can only be described as two female (laughs) manatees wearing dresses that were too tight for their size who only go to the weddings <laughs> to get shit-faced and flop around the dance floor at the reception. My first thought was every guy here is in a suit and not complaining and they're in a little dress. It's unacceptable for you to complain about the heat. My second thought was why did you come to this wedding if you were going to complain? If you don't like the church service, just go to the reception and say what a lovely service it was. Lock these heifers in a cage with the heat on full blast, listening to nothing but church processions until the end of time. Unacceptable best Nick. Um, yeah, there's always that. There's always that. I remember one time we were at a wedding and my mother-in-law were in the pews because my wife was in the wedding and the pr- the priest came on and started talking. He goes, and you know, I just came from a funeral. And and we just looked at each other like, what? Like I said, sometimes it goes too much. But um, yeah, I think, listen, don't complain. I think you know that that day, if the family's religious and it's going to go on long or whatever, I like the best weddings are 12 to 15 minutes of a service. Everybody claps. The bride and groom walk away. You all go to the cocktail hour, start drinking and have a good time. That's the way it is. But I will say this. I'm a fan of weddings 
because the last few were awesome. And as long as you're not in them and you don't have responsibility, there really is nothing to complain about. That's why it was so funny that this guy was nervous. Um, here we go. I'll do one more of these. What, what time are we at? Are we over 30 minutes? Yeah, we're over 30 minutes. I'll do one more of this here. And then we will go from there. Um, that barking in the background is my dog. I don't know why. This is a motorcycle unacceptable slash acceptable from Adam. Uh, Paul, sorry in advance. This is a little long, but I'll try to keep it short. No, it's not that bad. This was a year or so ago, and I've been wanting to write in uh, ever since. Okay. Last February, my father went to look at a motorcycle I wanted to uh, I wanted to buy for me. He knows way more than me and usually would go, uh, would go with me anyway. And I told him uh, if it was a good deal to just buy it and I would pay him then. He did end up buying it. Okay, fast forward to the summer. Uh, one of the first rides I take it on, the thing stalls out. Uh, I just attribute it to sitting all winter long. Okay, yeah, and rationalize it away. I'm at work. This is on a Friday. Getting ready to visit a friend out of town afterward, uh, afterward, so I have everything packed and ready to go. I go to leave work, and it stalls again. It's about 85 degrees and humid, and the bike is hot, uh, and I'm sweating like hell. It's busy, and I have cars uh, beeping behind me as I try to push it uh, to the shoulder. Jesus, that's, that's dangerous. I'm cursing this asshole that sold it to my father uh, with a bad battery, wiring, starter, or whatever. Even after my father had taken it for a test drive that day, he got it. Uh, the day he, that, that day he got it. Totally fucking unacceptable selling vehicles you've neglected. It ended up being a bad uh, ground connection to the battery uh, I had to fix at home. I got a little further and it stalls again, and this time it's not starting back up. What happened next is where it turns acceptable. I get off the bike and go to call a tow truck. I've, I've been pulled over for about two minutes and don't uh, even have my phone out, yet when a guy passing by looks at me and says, Hey, uh, are you from, uh, then says my hometown. Perplexed, I look at the guy and determine I don't know him, but I answer, yeah, what's up? Paul, this guy says, hold on a second. That's my brother-in-law's old bike. Sure as shit, it was, but wow. But remember, I had never met him. He had met my father when he bought it. He had some tools on him, and we fixed the thing right there on the side of the road. The odds of this shit happening are probably well beyond winning the lottery. The guy didn't even live around where I broke down to. He just happened to be in town. Love the podcast. Saw you in Albany with Burr at the Palace. Great show. Hope to see you guys again uh, up here soon. Wow. That's crazy. That reminds me of uh, that awful story of when Dean Del Rey got into a motorcycle accident. And um, Dean like slid across the ground and thought he was like, I had a good life. And all of a sudden his 
best friend runs up to him and is like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, oh, you see your friends when you die. And he just happened to be there. So that's that's really nuts. And I think he said that the guy didn't even live that side of town. So the fact that you were there and the guy knew that you kind of dad bought something like that is crazy. Thank you for the submission, guys. Uh, send your unacceptables, guys, to unacceptablesfortve at Gmail. If I get backed up or if I want, you know, I had something to talk about and I don't get to it, I will definitely get to them. I try to get to all of them. But thank you guys so much for the... Um, for the submission, send them, tell a friend to send them. And again, some of these people are always saying, Hey man, I had this thing written. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I should send it. Here it is. Just send it. I love reading them. It's all good. Uh, what are we at now? 30, all right, 30, 36 minutes in. And, um, I just want to say this and get this off my chest. You guys know I have to do this. Everybody's saying, everybody's saying Eli Manning's done. It's over. He's got, he can't do it anymore. Look what happened when they took out a problem at tackle on the left side and they put another guy in. Look what happened. He threw for 297 yards, two touchdowns. Guess what? Zero interceptions and was 25-29. That was his second most accurate game in his 15-year career was yesterday. So think about that for a second. Okay, the guy's been in the league 15 years. People saying he's done. He had the second greatest uh, performance passing of his career yesterday. Okay, it's a joke, and nobody's listening or paying attention. Barkley's amazing, and they made the right decision in that. Giants get a big, well-needed, I mean, definitely needed that win to not go 0 and 3. They did that, um, and uh, yeah, like I said, sucks about Garoppolo getting hurt. Uh, a lot of other injuries. Um, the NFL is brutal. This thing with not being able to sack the quarterback is just, I mean, these Clay Matthew hits, I mean, what else is the guy supposed to do? I mean, what the NFL is becoming, what Roger Goodell is doing, I mean, what's going on here? It's actually, it, it's so ridiculous what's going on in the NFL right now. One guy does the same crime and gets, what, six games. Another guy gets two. Then the video comes out and his career ends. Then this guy, you know, well, we don't know. Then this guy gets suspended, but why is it different? Why did he only get two games? Oh, then he appeals. The the the, the discipline is all over the place. The, then they did the thing with the kneeling of the anthem. One team says no. The next team says now they're going to keep him in the locker room. Now they're not. That was an awful rule. They didn't know what they were doing with that. Now it's like don't lead with your head. Use your shoulder. But then when you use your shoulder and you fall on the guy, it's a penalty. It's like the NFL is all over the place. There's no definitive rules. It's just an absolute shit show what Roger Goodell has done or whoever. And maybe the rules committee. I'm not going to put it all on the commissioner. I don't know. But I'm sure he could look. I mean, aren't people... I mean, if you're a Packers fan and you're watching that game and you watch Clay Matthews get that flag, it's like, what is he supposed to do? His momentum is going forward. It's like, I don't understand. This is a man running at full speed to sack a quarterback. He leads with his shoulder, not his head, which you're supposed to do. He doesn't go low at his knees, which you're you know supposed to do or, or not supposed to do, so he does that right. He grabs the guy by the torso, wraps his arms around him, and falls on him as a sack, and they call a penalty on it. 
It's like even quarterbacks are disgusted with it. It's just the NFL is turning into. It went from this amazing thing that men and women and everybody loved a couple of years ago, maybe five, six years ago. It was the most watched, 70 million people, all these different. It was this huge thing. To now, it's like with the with the crimes, with the anthem, whether you're on that side of it or not, that's causing a problem. Then with the rules, defense can't even hit anymore. It's just turned into like this. You know, the concussions and is this helmet work and that helmet? It's just turned into like, look, you are getting paid a lot of money to do a skill that you are one of the best people in the world at. If you go to a big program like Alabama or, you know, all of these schools, Florida, you know, LSU, all of these big SEC school, and you're somebody that's in the small percentage of, you know, athletes that are going to get recruited to play in the pros, Michigan, Notre Dame, whatever it is, and you go there, that's a risk that you and your family already know you're taking. Now, I'm not saying you should let your mind go to mush and, you know, be depressed and all that stuff. That's terrible. Rest his soul. Junior Seau. And I know that that happens. But I would make you make a conscious effort, right? To, 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 to say, okay, this is, this is what, this is the logical thing I'm thinking here. If I go to the military and I enlist in one of the branches of the military, there is a chance that I'm going to go to battle. There is a chance that I could lose my life defending the nation, my nation. This is the nation that I live in. I'm willing to go to the military. You know that. When you go to the NFL, you know that there's probably a really good chance you're going to get a concussion. You know the speed and the strength of everybody there because you've been in it for years and you know the levels keep going up and getting better. And you know that you could make potentially, you know, millions of dollars, multiple, multiple millions of dollars, okay? But you also know what comes with it, the aches, the pains, the broken bones, the concussion, and all that stuff. These guys know it. So set rules to keep them as as safe as possible, yes, but it has to be consistent. It can't be a pick-and-choose type of thing, you know? It's like, it's like, then just don't have to, just don't play the game then. Then just, you know, you know what I mean? How about just don't hit the quarterback then? How about make the quarterback two-hand touch at this point? Just make it, listen, if the defender gets to you, you could you just touch him or you could push him really hard. Just make it that then. But just be consistent with it. Then they showed a guy who basically pile-drived uh, pile a, a, a quarterback yesterday and didn't get a flag. And Clay Matthews, you see his hands coming off. Like this guy's working so hard to get there and he gets the sack. His hands come off to try to make it not as bad and they still throw a flag on him. It's like, what are you supposed to do? You're playing football. These are risks you take, okay? If you go into the ground and the quarterback gets fucked up, then that's what happens. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. You know, you're not playing You're not playing a game that's not contact. You're not playing basketball. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not playing pool. You're not bowling. This is a game where giants who are stronger than everybody, faster than everybody, you know, hit you and, and bones get broken. And these guys die earlier and, and, and bad shit happens to their body. And that's a sacrifice and a price they're willing to take. That, like, I mean, I don't know what else to say. You don't you don't go into a game going yeah man this is, this guy's so fast he tackles great but you know I hope he doesn't touch me because I you know I don't want to get hurt nobody does that and um, so yeah I would be frustrated and the game is just getting weaker it is get uh, what's his name uh, Clay Matthews said the game is getting soft it is getting soft you know and another thing that's all messed up you shouldn't be able to franchise guy, uh, franchise tag a guy multiple years in a row that's bullshit too. Like, the whole thing is just inconsistent and messed up. It's like, there should be a rule. You could franchise tag a guy one year, and then after that, he's going to go and get traded or get his money or whatever. Can't be, oh, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Like, some of these guys have a point. 
It's like, you know these guys, especially these running backs, have a short lifespan. Give them their money. Give them what they're worth. Um, so that's the thing. If you guys are watching it, I'm glad my Giants got a win. Um, you know, glad the Cowboys lost. Uh, and, you know, the Eagles, I, I wanted the Eagles to win just because I bet on them, but I lost the bet because I did a tease with the Patriots. The Patriots, I'll say this, man, I've never seen uh, that team look that bad two weeks in a row. I mean, now, granted, I didn't watch them a, a lot last year or the years before, like, but watching them play the Jags and then now watching them play the Lions, who were 0-2 and, um, and did not look very good the first two weeks to – you know, for their defense to look that bad, teams running, running down their throats like that. I mean, I know it's only a couple weeks, and I know it's Belichick and Brady, but I don't know. That was, I mean, I, the jury's still out. You still got to give it some time, but it did not look good. And I'm probably being a little bitter because I lost a bet. But what are you gonna do? Uh, I hope my wife doesn't hear. That was a lot of money. Um, so there you go. That's pretty much it with sports. Yankees are still in the Yankees made the playoffs. They're either going to play a one game playoff in Oakland or a one game playoff, uh, in the Bronx to see who goes to the division series. So they're in the tournament, which is all you could really ask for. They're either going to have a home game or an away game, whatever. We'll see what happens with that. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much it. But I will say this, the NFL has taken a, a really big hit and a backseat to, to where it used to be because of all of this nonsense going on. And that being said, I'm excited about Monday Night Football. That's how amazing, how funny is that? that? That's how amazing NFL is. The NFL is so amazing. You could be like, they can't even hit anybody anymore. Are you watching the Steelers-Bucks tonight? Of course you are. Of course you are. It's the greatest thing to watch on TV. That's why I just wish they would get it right. But whatever. Uh, God, I got to make that money back. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, what else did I want to talk about today here? All right, so we got the wedding out of the way. We talked about a little bit of sports, how you can't hit the quarterback anymore. Jimmy G is, uh, that's a tough one. And, um, yeah, I, I did, I mentioned the special. I don't want the whole thing to be about me. Yeah, guys, I finally got this special and, uh, here are the dates and like, you know, I don't, I'm just like it told you guys thank you guys uh so much and um oh somebody got I don't want to talk about that somebody got hammered at the wedding I love seeing uh isn't it funny seeing people just like there's always the one or two dude Bill Cosby is about to it seems like to uh yeah he's gonna get it's pretty nuts that like an 81 year old man I mean that's gonna be it if once he gets once he gets, I mean, they're going to throw the book at the guy, right? I mean, and they should. They should throw the book at him, you know? I mean, like, that's pretty nuts, though, to, like, to, like, it's been, like, how long this trial has been going on. But it just makes you wonder, and, and you never want to throw anybody under the bus or say that somebody knew. But if a guy, here's the thing. If a guy is drugging women and... And putting, you know, doing this shit and then raping them. And this shit was been going on since for 30 fucking years, 30, 40 years, whatever it was. It's just amazing that the power of the business and how people don't want to, to say certain things because of how they're going to be looked at or how, you know, and, and that, that's what I'm going to end with because there's a lot of times, guys, and I'll say this. Uh, you guys see now why my, why, why my special is called I'll Say This? Because I always just say I'll Say This. 
Um, I don't even know if I say it in the special. I think I might have. I don't know if they edited it out, but I, I always say it. Um, nobody blew the whistle. All of these things, like when somebody is committing the same crime and somebody has a pattern, not for one, two, five years, for 30 fucking three decades, okay? And is that powerful in Hollywood and is making shows and working with people and casting people and a star of a show and a star of somebody who read an animated series of Fat Albert and somebody who had the, the big, one of the biggest sitcoms in history and all these different things and, and, and God knows all the other projects and nobody blows the whistle that's sad. And that's what that's what's amazing about it is people want to make it so bad or people want to get to a certain level. And I'll be the first to say there are things that like I'm I know. I mean, comedians always talk and and they'll whisper something in a club They're like, "Yeah, but I can never say that cuz people would say this or that." Whether it's on the popular side or or the unpopular side of the argument. Everybody kind of just wants to stay in their lane and be quiet because they're afraid. But with the Cosby thing and with other with with some other things like that, when it's that big, it's like how the fuck did in the whistle get blown? Like even if this guy goes to jail for whatever from 81 to however long he's going to live, how long does he got? You know, it's like he got away with it. He did. He got away with it. And now he's going to, you know, claim he's crazy and he'll be sitting in some fucking mental institution, whatever it is. But like he got away with it. And it's just, it's amazing that somebody with power that you're trying to get ahead uh, in this business and you don't even want to say something that's true because somebody's going to come after you like that. It is kind of scary and sad is all I'll, is all I'll say. Um, but this guy's going to, you know, they're going to throw the book at him and, and rightfully so. But to get away with that and to do that shit is... Um, it's, it's, it's brutal. And, uh, you know, I mean, and, and what's his wife doing? Like his wife is just sitting there by his side. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, how are you okay with that? Um, it's like, all right, yeah, you're finally getting punished. Yeah, you can't see. You're blind. You're senile. You probably got Alzheimer's. You don't even know what the fuck you did. And now we're going to, you know, put you in jail the rest of your life. It's like, where, where was it? Where was this shit before? Um... Guys, I will be, it's been a long time, it's been a long time, but we're going to be doing some promotion, getting in front of a lot of people. I will be with Bill Burr in Connecticut, I will be with Bill Burr uh, at the TD Garden in Boston, which is going to be nuts, love Boston, um, going to be in Bridgeport, Connecticut with Burr, going to be in Denver with Burr this weekend. Two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. I will be in Denver, Colorado. My first time ever performing there. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'll be doing that. I'll also be running around the city uh, doing my own stuff and a bunch of dates to get uh, announced pretty soon. So, uh, you know, you guys can check out all that stuff and go to the um, new uh, paulverzi.com uh, website and the special will be announced in there today and all that stuff like that. So pretty excited about that. We can uh, put that in the in the news part and um, and yeah. And if you guys want to check it out and read it, you could go go to Vulture, go to Variety. Like I said, um, you know Hollywood Reporter and everything like that. Uh, I am going to. You know what's weird? I got nervous. I got nervous when the announcement got made. Because like people, Bill was saying nice things about that he thought the special was great and all this stuff. And like all these people that I really love and respect were saying nice things. And I actually got nervous like I still needed to shoot it. I was like, all right, man, I better bring it, dude. This special better be good. I'm like, wait a minute, I already did. It's 
special is already in the can. So, <laughs> um, I got to cut this a little short, guys. I know I normally do an hour, but I got my kids that just got home. I got some stuff to do. There will be another Patreon, uh, multiple Patreons before the end of uh, September. So in the next week. So you guys are going to be getting uh, more content and, and inside stuff. Whatever inside stuff comes that I didn't put on this, you guys will get. $3 a month. Tell people about it. And um, there you go. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Congratulations to my sister. Check out Capper Network. Check out All Things Comedy. Check out the, um, you know, everything. And um, yeah, and sign up. Sign up for Capper Network and let's talk shit. Go back and forth. Uh, till the next one, I'm out of here. Take care.